Welcome to Narrow Way to Broadway, a podcast for people of faith with a passion for the arts. Each episode is designed for the thespian and non-thespian and the believer and non-believer alike as we navigate topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes of artists everywhere. If you'd like to hear more, head to nwaybway.com. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to today's episode of Narrow Way to Broadway. Philip here with you all, and we're going to hop right on into our interview today. I am excited to introduce you all to Marlene Dickinson. Um, she is the founder, correct, of faith-based music, faith-based student musicals. Is that correct? Yes, that okay. is. <laughs> Amazing. Um, well, we're just gonna we're gonna hop right in. I, I'm so excited. We've been talking for a couple minutes before we started recording, and I know that. Um, this is going to be a really fun conversation, and I, I can't wait to get to learn more about you over the next couple of minutes, Marlene. But um, also, I just can't wait to hear about the the work that you're doing with faith-based student musicals. So um, kick us off. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Marlene. Well, thanks, Philip. I'm, I really appreciate what you all are doing. I've listened to lots of your episodes. I know a lot of your guests, and I think what a wonderful vision. And uh, I just appreciate that you're putting it out there because uh, people who are at this intersection of, of theater, performing arts, and, and Christianity um, can build their own, build a community and encourage one another in so many ways. And you're providing a great resource. So I really, really appreciate that. And I was, I was impressed with the, with the depth of some of the things, uh, you get into. And I, I just think it's very important. Um, I've been in this business my whole life. My parents probably didn't know what to do with me. And, in, and when I, I'm old, so when I grew up, all, all a parent knew to do was put a kid in dance. So that worked. So my first discipline is really uh, dance. Um, but then I kind of backed into acting and singing and then the whole thing. And I've kind of moved my way through almost all the roles <laughs> there there are to play as far as um you know what what functions you can serve in this industry because i love the arts i am so deeply passionate about about uh, the performing arts i think that the lord has given us such a powerful gift to steward and i just want to be part of it and i think i decided years ago i would rather play the smallest role in and i mean box office manager or box office, ticket sales lady uh in a meaningful production than be a star in something that doesn't uh espouse the glory and the beauty and the redemption and the hope you know um that's not life affirming so just think the arts are a powerful gift and anyone who's gifted in them, uh, you're, steward, you're stewarding a powerful tool. You've been entrusted with a special gift. That's amazing. I, I, I'm always so encouraged to hear, um, <laughs> this isn't me saying you're old, <laughs> but this is me. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, that's this, is, this is me saying it's just, it's always so encouraging as a younger artist um, to, to hear people that have been doing this and that have been following after, um, following after the Lord and, and are continuing to do that as artists. Cause I think a lot of times, and from what I've seen people, especially that are believers end up walking away from performing or the arts because there's, they feel like there's not a role or, or it does take a, it takes a big commitment to be a part of this art form. Um, once you have families and you 
um, are serving or, or volunteering in different areas of your community. And um, it's always really encouraging to hear people that have stuck it out and are really getting to experience a new aspect of um, of the art as a leader, but also still participating um, actively in the art of performing, which is which is really cool. And one thing recently, which y'all probably hear about this in an episode or according to how our order goes or whatever, you maybe have already heard about this, but um, when I was recently directing Beauty and the Beast, I really felt a call from God of like, hey, you're, you have this gifting that I've given you and by not continuing to engage in it in some way and give back what I have, have provided for you um, through your training and all your experience, um, you are missing out on something that I have for you. Wow. And um, stepping back into it, God has just brought so much, so much joy and life personally back into, um, into my life. But also I found that there's like strongholds or things that I've been struggling with personally in life, mm-hmm. like cynicism and, and not being able to really find um, joy or feel like I fully fit in or am understood somewhere um, mm-hmm. that through rejoining the artistic community, even in the sense of, of directing and becoming a part of a community theater um, in my local area that God has just like revealed so much of his goodness and, and broken off a lot of those strongholds through the process of hey, me saying like, hey, I'm going to step back in and like continue to do this thing that I know and love instead of just sit as a bystander and go see shows and things, which, you know, there's seasons for everything in our life. But um, like I was saying, to loop it back around, I, I'm just really encouraged by um, the way that you have stayed with it and you're continuing to stay with it. And um, when it, when I'm thinking about or what you're saying about like you started in dance as as a child, like what was your experience like as a performer? Like what was your first um What's like your first memories of performing? And was there a moment where you're like, yeah, this is the thing that I want to do? Yes, absolutely. I knew from the moment I did it, oh, I was born to do this. <laughs> and and I and I have a, a kid, I took her to see Aida when she was four and the tour and the the minute no, it wasn't. It was in development at the Alliance uh, Theater. You know, Alliance develops a lot yeah. of pre-Broadway shows. It was in development. The minute the orchestra hit the first downbeat, she looked at me and she said, I'm going to like this. <laughs> <laughs> so it just is testament to the fact that the Lord puts this in our hearts. <laughs> and um, it's in the hearts of many. And our job is to fan the flame. So yeah, yeah, I knew I knew from early from a very early age. I think what you're saying as far as uh, a role, you know, we only know I want to be on stage when we're young. That's all we know. Yeah. Um. And and uh, as we mature, we understand it's it's a metaphor for the body of Christ. It is the most gigantic collaborative effort to put a show up. And so as you take a step back and get a wider and wider and wider shot and you understand, oh, the person on stage is actually at the bottom of this totem pole. Somebody or or at the top, however you want to think of it. But what's happening was a gleam in someone's eye years before we ever cast a show. (laughs) This thing's been floating around. So being a part of that 
began to excite me as I matured. And plus, there's not really a vision for doing other things until until you mature. I mean, you don't go to you don't go get a batch a bat a BFA in directing yet. You don't yeah. get a BFA in playwriting yet, or in composing for Broadway yet. You know, the uh, higher education industry sees, oh, hey, there's a market for pe- people who want to be on stage. So yeah. <laughs> come and get an acting degree, and everybody's like, yes, here's your seventy five thousand dollars a year. Um, for me to say I have a degree in this, but you know, the market cannot possibly sustain all the people who want to do it. So, uh, it, it, it's, it's just a matter, I think of maturing and stepping back and seeing, wow, wow. If you want to have a voice, you step way back and look at the whole picture and say, how can I influence what's actually happening on the stage? Yeah. That's so amazing. And I I can attest to that experience of yes, like I sort of my first experience that I kind of realized um, as I was directing recently, I, you know, I grew up doing shows and absolutely loved it. And from the time I started doing theater and I was seven years old, I didn't stop doing it. Um, But I I remember when I was a kid, like the the birthday present that I it was either birthday or Christmas that I told my dad, I was like, we were going to community theater shows and, and things like that. And I, you know, loved watching videos of like really the Disney vacation video that like, if you were like our family's thinking about going to Disney world and they sent you like a VHS tape or something back in the day that you would watch and plan your vacation. Like I just watched that thing on repeat. And so I fell in love with, with like, I didn't realize performing is what I was watching a lot of times in those, in those videos. Mm -hmm. And I would watch like the entertainment section over and over of that video. And it had all these orchestrations and, and and things in it. And I'm like, man, I want my own theater where I can like build sets in it. I'm like going to see community theater shows too as a kid. And so I built this theater and with little Happy Meal toys, I was like putting on shows and building sets out of paper. And I was like moving things around. And <laughs> it's so funny looking back yeah, as like directing the play. It's like, man, you know, I've like, I've directed before. Like I've, uh, you know, I love acting. I love performing, but directing is the thing <laughs> that I, I may be figuring out about myself mm-hmm. and working as a producer, I get to do a lot of kind of directing role stuff now, but it is, it is really interesting that over time as an artist, you get um, to kind of see like, okay, everyone kind of enters this place as an actor um, for the most part. Yes. Um, and from there we kind of get to figure out, okay, where, where do I actually belong? Exactly. Um, in this industry, like, I think everyone, and it's important that you understand the actor experience, I think coming from, from any perspective going into, into being a part of the industry. Yes. Because at the end of the day, actors, you are the ones that are doing the work on the, you know, 75th performance of Shrek the musical that you're doing or whatever. It's like, you're the ones that are doing the work or in your colleges, you're running that scene for the hundredth time in your studio class or or whatever. (laughs) You're the ones that do the work, but the directors, the producers, the tech team, a lot of times we get to have a lot of fun too, when we do that kind of stuff. So, absolutely. Oh yeah. So within that, like what led you to start faith-based student musicals really though, even before that, when did you realize like, yeah, I want to like, I want to write, um, musicals. Yeah. Um, 
Well, like I said, I've been in business my whole life, started out on stage like everybody does, and then moved into uh, kind of the creative team level. Lots of choreography, lots of directing, lots of compiling original reviews, things like this, Um, and loved it, loved that part of the process. Then I had a kid who pursued the business, so then I became a momager, as we say, and kind of... uh, learned the, you know, agent, uh, manager, casting director, producer relationships and that end of the business. Um, and I have a son who's a film editor. So kind of, no, you know, have a, I, I, I speak a lot of languages, but none of them extremely fluently. If you know what I mean, I can, I can speak almost all the languages a little bit enough to navigate. Um, so, I have known for years because of my work with Christians in theater arts about this utter dearth of resources between a Broadway musical and a church musical. Uh, There's almost nothing in between. So there are things out there and I would not say there's nothing good. I certainly wouldn't, uh, but you have to ferret it out and it's time consuming and people Um, who are in Christian settings, teaching, performing arts, are are hard-pressed to find something to produce that their administration, their board, their parents, (laughs) uh, that everyone approves of because... You know, the job of the uh, of a of a Broadway playwright is is not the same necessarily as as our as our agenda to honor the Lord. And they should not be expected to do that. That's not their job. That's our job. That's our job. And I feel that we have failed our generation. We have just abdicated this space so that we're sending a I think a very disconcerting signal to the, the generations coming up in the business that, oh, we're the church. We don't know anything about real theater, you know, uh, Broadway oh, got, you know, we don't know anything about that. You have to go to Broadway to learn about Broadway. Got it. You know, we do this, uh, TV, a film, TV film. Mm, you got to go to Hollywood or Atlanta to do that. We don't know anything about that. I mean, we're getting into the film industry, but, um, and using film now, certainly more in churches than, uh, than we used to, mm-hmm. um, and and really taking hold of that, and you you can see the evolution of these industries before your eyes. The evolution of the Christian music industry has happened in my lifetime, mm. because when I was a teenager and I walked in church, it was like walking in a time warp. I mean, nothing I heard in church sounded anything like I heard on the radio. Yeah, and here come artists with vision. Uh, you know, Michael W. Smith, Amy Grant, Roger Breland with Truth, the early producers, Jim Van Hook with Bridge, Brentwood Benson, were these people with vision are like, hey, we could be writing commercially viable work that honors the Lord. So look where we are now. I mean, you know, Lauren Daigle just sold out Phillips Arena. I mean, yeah. that industry has evolved in my lifetime. Now you're watching the, uh, uh, we're re-infiltrating the film industry and we're taking back some space and finding our voice again and 
producing some legitimate work. And some Christian people are very fond of, you know, saying, oh, you know, the quality or whatever. Well, we have to support it. We have to give it funding and give it time and let it mature because, you know, there's a saying, if, if you, if you don't have a place at the table, you're probably on the menu. And I, I think, I think that that's where we find ourselves in theater. We just really do not have a voice. Um, nobody takes Christian drama. Nobody in the industry takes Christian drama very seriously. In fact, people are very wary, if I may say. Um, and they're like Christian drama. No, thanks. Because, um, we aren't playwrights. We don't have, we don't even have a community of playwrights in the, and uh, or composers who compose Broadway. And this is one of my visions and hopes. So I've been aware of this need for years. Um, and, you know, people who write what you think of as a church musical, those are great for churches. They are designed for churches. They're designed, uh, they're choral projects, they're song-driven, they're chorally-driven, and they're designed to learn once a week at a practice, come if you can. You know, that is a very different need than a theatrically driven, story-driven project. So um, once my kids left home or were independent, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to take a stab at writing because I've seen hundreds of shows. (laughs) I go to theater all the time. And I'm a student of it. I mean, sometimes I'm a student of what, what works, what doesn't, why. So I started writing and let me just say that recognizing a well-crafted show and writing one are two different things. <laughs> sure, yes. So very quickly, I realized, yikes, this is the difference between recognizing a well-built house and building one. So I've been back in school. I've ne- I'm in school all the time. I've danced my whole life. I've never stopped dancing. I go to dance and stand at the bar behind girls in the George Ballet, who could be my granddaughter. Um, I'm just, oh, I just believe in, there's just so much I don't know, so much we don't know. So I, fortunately, I feel like the Lord gifted me in this way. COVID served me well, because in this regard, certainly, and I know it was devastating to many millions of people, and for that, I'm sorry. Um, You know, the Dramatist Guild uh, used to hold all their training in New York. So unless you just went for a one-day workshop, you had to live in the city to go every Wednesday night for eight weeks, you know, and they took their classes online. That's what opened up the accessibility to real playwriting training and real composing and song mapping and uh, architecture of musicals and architecture of plays and dialogue development and character development, all the things that real playwrights spend their time working on. Mm-hmm. Um so that opened up a training avenue for me. And uh, I was so grateful. I'm like, got to jump in there. So I'm in class all the time, working on stuff, constantly learning, you know, the nerve wracking process of putting your work out there and, you know, getting the feedback. But it's a muscle. It grows. That's amazing. I am so encouraged by that. I mean, as as artists, we know, and probably the people that are listening to this podcast understand that, like, being an artist performing is like the actual performance is such a small tip of the iceberg that it is to be an artist. Um, and just to, you know, continuing to train and continuing to learn and, and grow is, you know, that is the job of an artist and to continue expanding your, your personal horizons and, and, um, 
yeah, it sounds like that's something that, that you are doing that's led you to, to start faith-based student musicals. So when you were in the process of doing this, was there a moment where someone approached you or did you have a, I guess if I'm the one that cares about this, then I'm the person that should be doing it. Like, what was that moment of deciding like, yeah, I'm going to go for this like for you? Oh, because there was no other option. That's the only yeah. reason. <laughs> I went looking for someone that I could learn from. I went looking to see if I could intern with someone or shadow somewhere with someone who's writing a, a, a real playwright who was a believer, who was, and there are plenty of playwrights who are believers, but don't necessarily write content that's for, you know, our content's very, very niche. It's strictly for students yeah. And it's strictly for faith-based settings. Mm. Um, so I could not find anyone uh, writing that sort of content. And I talked to my husband and he's like, well, tag your it. So I just thought, well, I'll see what I can do to take a stab. And then as the Lord does, he brings along uh, this wonderful gifted team of career professionals have come along beside me, starting with Sarah Stipe, and I've watched her grow up. I know her, I uh, love her almost like my own child, and so gifted. And, you know, I have the kind of gig that an, that an actor can use because it's very flexible, and you can control your workload and your workflow, and it's creative work. So she's been a godsend. And um, uh, then Indigo Crandall, Indigo Phobes, that I've known since she was a child, came alongside us, wonderfully gifted, brought a different skill set, complemented uh, everything we were doing, uh, wonderful dancer and choreographer on top of other gifts. And her husband, I got to know him and thought, I need to grab hold of this guy because he's sharp as a tack and he's a go-getter. And um, I, I've seen James do some sacrificial things that I thought, this is how a leader thinks. You forgo this now in order to get this long-term benefit. And I, I was very moved by that. And um, I like, I just was always impressed with his character. And Indigo chose well. <laughs> Congratulations to both of <laughs> you. So took them both on. And then a young lady that's grown up uh, actually, Sarah Stipe worked with her. I got to know her through Sarah and her mother, Deborah, who are in the business, and uh, Bella Yantis, gifted, gifted young actress, loves the Lord, delightful family, um, and she's on our team, a voice of youth, and uh, reminds us what's important about some of this work we're doing. Mm. She demonstrates work for us when we go out. Uh, we do a lot of teaching. Um, and then my, both of my own kids are involved. Uh, my son is a film editor. He does all of our editing. Um, and my daughter, she's helped me come along my whole life. So I just feel blessed to know so many people and have them uh, want to see this happen because they say, we wish we'd had this when we were growing up. I love that. Um Shout out to James. We have an episode with James if you want to hear more of his story. It's really, really fantastic. And what an awesome guy. And it's so cool that he gets to work with you. But what I'm what I'm struck with with hearing you speak about that is, um, in a way, that's a lot what we felt when we started Narrow Way to Broadway was like, that. who's doing this? Like, we we kind of feel like we're we're out here doing this performing thing and we have no way to connect or, or really be a part of a, a body of believers in any way. 
or have any kind of supports. We're like, well, let's start starting airway to Broadway. But um, with with so much in life, and I found this to be true too, the more niche the thing that God has like put on your heart or that you feel passionate about uh, things are, it's like maybe God is calling you to specifically speak to speak to that area. So um, if you're listening to the podcast right now and you feel like there's something that feels like so niche that you care about so much and that you could talk about forever and ever and ever. Um, maybe that's an invitation that, that God is inviting you to step into. And, um, for example, I was getting, I was getting dinner with a, a young guy this week who's in high school and is thinking about pursuing theater. And he, you know, he had all these questions and I was like, man, you know what? Like, you really just have to go for it. <laughs> like you just kind of, you go for it. And then you ask the people that are to your right and to your left. And it's, it, it's the scenario of like, w- when God says who will go, he, that means there's a need that, that he has and that um, he knows that he's created someone specifically to fill. And he's just looking for someone to say, you know, here I am, send me. And yes. a lot of times when you step forward and you say bold in front of people that you are willing to be sent in this area, he will bring the people to you um, that you need to to partner in the in the task that he has um, he's convicted you and purposed you for. So um, that's exactly right. And I, I have to say, none of this would be happening without the support of my husband Curtis, who wants to see this happen. And he's he's uh, you know the backbone of a lot of what's going on. You are so right, though. And you know, it's like, faith. It's it's. It's like going through a cave with a flashlight. You just, you only see the next step. I mean, you evolve and you might be headed here, but it might, you might be led over here. It's just one day at a time. I'm like, what, what's the next step? What, where should our resources, our precious resources of time and energy and frankly, money is at the bottom of the list. Money comes and goes. Time, you can never get back. (laughs) And your energy is has to be well preserved and well spent. And so I just rely on the Lord every day to help help us know the next, just the next step in front of us. Mm. This is just a thought I'm having right now. As as artists, I think a lot of times, you know, financial stability is something we really care about, and we also, you know, we want to be compensated for our for the work that we're doing because it is it is an artistic piece that we are sharing with people of ourselves. And I think a lot of times we get to the place where it's like, well, if I'm not making money from it, it's not worth doing. And, um, I don't know, is there a way that uh, like artistically that you overcome that hurdle and understand that, like have like worked over time to understand that's, you know, the kingdom of God, it, it moves at the speed of sacrifice, but is there ways that you have put into action? Like how do I protect and value my craft, but also understand that like, financial compensation would be awesome at the same time and understanding when do I do something for free and when do I do something for um, just for the sake of serving people because I love this. You're, you're asking a very important question. I'm not sure I have the answer. And I think it's I'm something not either. <laughs> every, yeah, everyone has to struggle with. I think just understanding that we live in a capitalist society, something has to be produced that some consumer will pay for. That's the bottom line. So, you know, in, in the stage industry, that is a physical industry. If you say, I want to be on Broadway or professional stage, this is like saying, I want to play in the NBA. There are only a handful of positions 
It is a physical position. It's not going to get any bigger. They're, you know, just maybe 200, what you'd even call professional theaters in the country. And if you have one equity uh, role per show, I think you can call yourself professional. I mean, it, you can find the stats on all that. But it's, it's you know, just very, very narrow physical thing. If you look at the, at the TV film industry, just the opposite. It goes from the middle out. Exponential growth potential. Mm-hmm. So um, I just encourage artists, uh, it, it doesn't matter how good you are, someone has to, um, it, some, some of the work somehow in some way has to ge- generate revenue or you have to be self-sustaining in another way. Yeah. So just understanding the practicality of that. Um, it's just a practical matter. That we don't have state-sponsored arts. No one is, you know, the court is not paying us to create a ballet. The mm-hmm. ticket sales, the butts in seats, that's that's all you got, plus your donors. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That is a, a total side tangent. And I'm like, well, I, won't, I love to talk about this kind of stuff. But anyway, let's get back to um, uh, faith-based student musicals. So when you are going about, like, writing a new piece, um, And just uh, to begin, explain like the different types of things that you, um, you know, you offer to people with faith-based student musicals and and just what the process of someone even reaching out to you or initiating like um, producing or, or, um, yeah, yeah, I guess producing one of your pieces that y'all have created. Um, What do y'all have to offer right now? Sure. Thanks. Well, it's ever evolving. And so if you ask me in a year, it might be totally different. But here's what we have now as a result of literally being on the road at teaching conventions the last maybe three years and having conversations at the table and being prayerful and, again, having recognized this need uh, a long time. We, we feel like like all the programs that all of us grew up in, that all of uh, people who are in the, in the business right now grew up in, if they grew up in a Christian school or homeschool environment, chances are good they did a Broadway uh, junior or Broadway full length. And there's about a dozen titles that just keep getting recycled yeah. because those are the ones the Christian community accepts, um, you know, or they might have done a church musical. What we're trying to do is a hybrid of those Two things we have, we say biblical truth, Broadway style. <laughs> so we write shows in four formats. We have one acts, which I would describe as all skates, and we have our values on the website, but one of our values is opportunities for everyone to shine. So the roles are carried by the very capable students. And we have beginning, uh, intermediate, and advanced level work. We don't say what age it's for because you know, it's not math. It's not standardized. So a kid who's never seen a professional show in rural Oklahoma will be like, I'm not getting on stage, even in the 10th grade. And then you got a, you know, a second grader in a metropolitan area that's like, give me the mic, give me the mic. So um, you have to, you have to, we don't say who it's, what age it's for. You directors know their own community, but um, in the, in the one acts, everybody gets an opportunity. So the roles are pretty challenging. We put a high value on story, meaningful story, truthful characters, and humor, and memorable music. We try to write, these are some of our values, very memorable music, hooky songs, very catchy, very fun, and some very meaningful, rich ballads. Uh, but we don't overload the ballads. Um, 
So in the one acts, they're kind of all skates. And I mean, we even write a role. We give teachers suggestion. You've got a fifth grade boy who's like, I'm not getting on stage. Give him this prop. Tell him to hold it up on this punchline. He'll get a big laugh. It'll be all over. He'll want to he'll want to be in every show you've ever done. You know, you just have to give them the right opportunity. So uh, those are our one acts. Then we do fast features. And those are really geared for the more advanced actor singers in the troupe. Some of them only have two or three actors and they're to feature those students or they can be a these are the kids who want to put in the extra time and who already have a skill. And everybody's got to know what they're doing, including the director. We don't give any directing aids or anything. Um, but they're fun and funny. And I, I tell people, you know, you might like it, you might not, but I'm pretty sure you haven't heard anything like it. And because I haven't heard anything like it or, or I wouldn't have written it. I have no interest in reinventing the wheel. Um, so one of the things we do is uh, to build trust is all the contents on the website. If you just go to faithbasedstudentmusicals.com and I would encourage students who are, you know, pursuing their own career now, please send this to the director of the mm-hmm. programs you came out of in yeah. the Christian elementary, middle and high school that you went to um, or homeschool theater groups or the academy you grew up in. Um, if you just go to the site, the whole song's up there. All the lyrics are up there. The entire script is up there. So we know where's this story going because these are important questions for directors mm-hmm. in Christian settings. Uh, what message are we sending? Um, some of these scripts are actually recorded by actors in the studio, so you can listen down. We're just trying to make it very accessible for teachers because um, and directors because it, in an academic setting, you know, you're not an artistic director. You're not going to go read 10 scripts before you decide next season. You're generally going to do something you've seen done well uh, or you know you can pull off successfully. So we want to... We, we know your job is to teach and it's a full-time job and it's a hard job. And so yes. we want to support these uh, folks working in academia as much as we possibly can. And we've written to values that we think they've expressed to us. So it's one acts, uh, fast features for the more advanced. We have single songs and this was developed for chapel. Um, and our single songs are tend to be grouped thematically. For example, we have a whole song series on the parables. So a teacher can say, hey, this year we're going to do a parable a month. Uh, we're going to learn the song. There's lyric videos that, uh, you know, our, our film editor, Tommy, has um, put together where they can project lyric. We're going to, the, they're very visual. You get up and act them out. They're, nothing is vertical. Nothing's praise and worship. It's all relational, horizontal. Cool. Uh, it's always about relationship. Like, what does this story of the prodigal son have to do with me? What does the Good Samaritan look like now? Mm-hmm. Um, or the issues that we might solve in some of our plays. A girl walks in and one of her friends is talking bad about her and she overhears it. How do we respond to that? What do we do with that? Or four kids are on a team uh, they're to work on their service project. So you've got two girls gabbing to each other the whole time and a boy asleep who says, wake me up when you decide. Um, what, what if you're the, what if you're the person that has to pull this together? How do I navigate that and honor the Lord and honor my classmates and come up with something meaningful? It's very practical and they're very super fun though. Super fun. So we just ask people, please just give a listen. It's all up there. 
And you can decide for yourself, is this something our students would enjoy? But we think we are offering a new voice uh, in, in the market and in this, in this dearth. And we also have some comedy sketches. They are pretty satirical and biting, usually pointing the finger right back at ourselves. So those are our four formats, and we are learning. Uh, we are even praying about maybe starting a competition and festival series mm, so yeah. that uh, when these schools are going to festival, they don't have to piecemeal everything together. And a person, uh, there are even people who have to, you know, research the, the rep for this particular student. If they don't know the canon of, of Broadway literature, of musical theater literature, we just thought we could make things a little easier by saying this is put together. This is high quality, professionally crafted. This honors the Lord. This fits your time specs. This is a duet for a boy and a girl, whatever, or two girls, whatever. Um, we're experimenting uh, just to see if we can make life easier on that front as well. There, there, there's such a such a great need for what you're doing, and I love it. It's um, having last, last year I actually went and I judged a festival and I'm like, where are they finding this stuff? <laughs> like right. some of the stuff that the schools are doing and I get it. Like it's, it is, there's so much more that a teacher, especially in like the private Christian school world is doing exactly. that's, that's responsible for this, that, yes. um, <laughs> that they just don't have time. To, they don't have time. They're it. already doing more than any teacher should be asked to do. Yeah. They're wearing so many hats. It's it's a calling. And then you're yeah. asking them to, to hunt and peck across the universe to find the right. And, you know, this is one of our visions that long term, we want uh, faith-based student musicals to become, once we get our feet on the ground and figure out what we're doing and make some of our investment back just so it can pay for itself, mm -hmm. um, we we want this to be a central platform where many playwrights and composers of faith can yeah. submit work so that you can go in a few years and click on the tab that says works by Sarah Stipe because she's a gifted writer. Mm -hmm. And you can look at works by people more gifted, talented writers than I will come along behind me and say, I think I can write to that. So we are just trying to get the ball rolling with a central platform so that Christian people have a, a, an MTI or an RNH or a Concord or Disney. We have a catalog that we can, we can browse to see, is there anything in here that might fit? Amazing. And that's so, so, so helpful for, for those people. But, um, but just in general for, for Christian young performing artists that you're just taking into consideration. It's like, what is, what has been done, but what can we give you that, um, is new and fresh, but also honors and glorifies God. And I mean, there's songs that I sang as a kid in voice lessons or, or church plays that I still remember so clearly, like I could sing the whole thing. Exactly. right now and even when then i mean just young minds are so sharp it's when we would do plays at my church growing up it's like i would memorize the entire thing and can recite it from beginning to end every line every song which you know i was a theater kid too but so it was, just, it was about as exciting as church got for me was the church play every yes. year but um just knowing that that you're doing that and trying to make it accessible and um easy for people to be able to um to put on these productions is amazing. And what I love too, is, I mean, there's no, absolutely no shade that I'm throwing here of like, um, I don't like plays that are about the Bible, but 
I, I love that so much of your work that you've created is stuff that isn't necessarily something about Esther or or about or directly about like Daniel and the lines and like it's it's very much like this is just like you were saying a scenario um, that's playing out between a group of people and this is how in a Christian way we can we can navigate scenarios like that which is I think really invaluable um, training just for young people as students but also is refreshing for people in the church to see like well, maybe we're not going to do the play about Esther this year or, or whatever. We're going to do something right. different in our school, which again, right. there's nothing wrong with those, but um, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So we when, try to be very long on application. We, we know the story. What does the story have to do with me? Yes. That's and, the question we're trying to ask. And sort of the image that I'm getting in my, in my mind right now, when you said these stories are more um, horizontal in nature instead of vertical. So just to, little explanation there. Like I think a lot of times we use the like vertical languages. They're like, we praise to God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty who is like our Lord. But then at the same time, it's like, holy, holy, holy. We're, we're singing that back and forth to one another. And so I love that you have um, the like horizontal approach of like in heaven one day, we will be singing praise to God, but we will also be declaring to one another the different aspects of his glory that we're seeing and in, in the stuff that you're, you're writing, being able to create pieces that um, honor God, but are also talking about how do we, when we look to our left and to our right, how do we navigate um, these different situations that we're going to, to face? Yes. Um, if I say, it, if I say that, honoring. yeah, if we honor the Lord vertically, what does that mean about how I treat you? Because they will know we are Christians only one way by our love. (laughs) So what does it mean to love well uh, in all these situations we find ourselves in? At the the dry cleaner, at a restaurant, when the order's wrong, when things don't come on time, when somebody stepped in and took credit, when someone backstabbed me, when someone's not doing their job. uh, All the scenarios all of us face all the time. Yeah. What does it mean to respond in a way that honors the Lord and brings us all along? And the theater is such a beautiful place to teach people how to do that. I mean, where else do you get a group of people all sitting watching something together? And especially for, for young people to get around the themes of, of something for, you know, an extended period of time and learn how to, um, how to love one another, how to forgive people, how to, um, understand that God redeems things and, and, and situations. And, um, so man, the work that you, that you are doing Marlene is, is really beautiful. And I'm grateful that I've gotten to sit here and get to know you and hear more about your heart for the past, um, past few minutes. But as we close today, is there anything else you'd like to share about faith-based student musicals? Um, and if not, we always end our episodes with um, me just asking you like, what's something that God has been teaching you personally? Um, in your life and relationship with him. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you. And thanks for letting us uh, talk about the work because it is truly our passion. Um, I would say uh, what I, what I wish I had my younger self knew if I had it to do over, I would have, I wish I had understood sooner. It's just not about us. It's not Mm. about me. You know, God, God's not part of what I'm doing. I'm part of what God's doing. (laughs) Millions of people have roamed the earth and millions of people are currently walking the earth 
he's about something. We are privileged to be called his children. And hey, you know, I feel like God God has, he, he authors creativity. We all have equal, equal privilege to say, Lord, the spirit of creativity is from you. In the beginning, God created. We all have access to that. Some people aren't geniuses. Uh, you know, a genius roams the earth and it looks for a place to land and it's from the Lord. So to just, you know, as Stephen Curtis Chapman says, I think he says, I'm a song, I'm not a songwriter, I'm a song catcher. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think Elizabeth Gilbert speaks to this too, that just to say, Lord, put, bring that expression through me and let me serve you during my very short time I'm here. However, it's going to come out of me. Um, it's just not about me, whatever. I just need to step back and, and look at, look at the earth, the way God looks at all of us. So I just think about that a lot. And I want to have the mind of Christ in my work. And I think the closer we get to that, the easier life becomes when we understand it's not about us. So we expect, we don't expect the same things when we know it's not about us. So beautiful. Um, and amen to everything. Um, well, thank you so much, Marlene. Everyone, we will share links in the bio and on social and all that sort of stuff about uh, faith-based student musicals. And re- I really do encourage you, go check it out. Go look at their website. Go, um, like Marlene said, all the stuff is up there. So go listen to the songs. And if you know a teacher or if you are a teacher, if you have any kind of um, connection to young people and, and Christian organizations that are looking for good um, pieces of theater that really reveal God's heart for us and for one another, um, really look into what they're doing. It's, it's incredible work. And we are excited to be able to, um, share with our listeners today about your organization and, um, go produce their work. It's really awesome. Like genuinely, it's really, really good stuff. So, um, thank you again, Marlene. Thank you for the work that you're doing, um, in the kingdom of God and, um, for just helping people get to experience him through the performing arts and, uh, through his creativity. So, um, yeah. Thank you so much for being on here today. We cannot wait to see you next time on Narrow Way to Broadway. And we hope you have a wonderful day. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast. If you enjoyed, please subscribe, leave us a review, and share this episode with your friends. If you want to keep up with everything we've got going on, Follow us on Instagram at nwaybway and head over to our website nwaybway.com where you'll find even more resources to help equip you as followers of Jesus and artists. We'll see you next time.